as a small business owner, you are so much more capable of intentionally creating a great culture and setting up workflows that allow for flexibility and autonomy than large companies. So focus on that and use that to your advantage. Welcome to Hiring School, a weekly podcast about recruiting for non-recruiters. I'm Jackie Koch, and I have over 15 years of experience prospecting talent and building teams for Fortune 500 companies, startups, and small businesses in all different types of industries. I'm the founder and CEO of People Principles, where I help founders scale and lead their teams with programs, courses, and boutique agency services. My goal is to simplify the hiring and team building process so that you, founders, and not so solopreneurs, can implement modern, effective, and efficient hiring strategies that help you build the team that you want to help you scale. If you can't seem to find the right job candidates or simply don't know where to start, you're in the right place. Now let's get started. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Hiring School podcast. I'm your host, Jackie Koch, and today I'm excited to chat with you about my opinions on why it's so hard to find employees and today's labor shortage. So I'm going to share a little bit of what I'm finding in my day-to-day conversations with candidates, with my clients, and give you my take on why I think we are running into a labor shortage as well as things I believe you can do, simple things you can do, maybe not so simple things you can do to try to attract talent in this market. So we've all heard it. It's been called the great resignation. We've seen hiring signs everywhere. We hear people complaining about how they can't fill their roles. And in my 15 years of recruiting, I'm not going to lie. It's like nothing I've ever seen. And I've worked in markets before where candidates are not looking for jobs and it's hard to find applicants. I've worked in what's called a candidate market and what's called an employer market. And what the difference is, in case you don't know, is in a candidate market, it is in the favor of the candidate. Candidates have options. There's more jobs than there are people to fill those jobs. And so candidates are able to demand more pay, demand different types of work environments, and just be more picky on who they want to work for and the roles that they want. And then on the flip side, I've definitely seen it where it's an employer's market, where there are less jobs than there are candidates looking for jobs. In fact, we ran into that a little bit right when the pandemic started, when there was a ton of layoffs and there was a ton of people who were not able to work because of lockdowns. And so we ran into that. And that's what's a little interesting is that the pandemic started out as an employer's market and then it quickly, quickly shifted. And so that's been super interesting. And I have to say, there are a lot of things kind of contributing to this issue. And I would say, in my opinion, there's three major things at play, making it challenging for you as a small business owner or an employer to find employees to fill jobs. And those three things we're going to go through on this podcast. And I just want to reiterate that I am not an economist and I'm not an expert in these business markets. I'm just sharing my takeaways on things I've read and what I've seen in my own recruiting efforts. So the first of the three things at play are there's just less people in the job market than there once was. That's just the reality. There are fewer people 
who are working in the market. And that is a ver- that comes from a variety of different things. And you'll hear people try to sum it down into one or two things. And honestly, it's it's such a combination of a lot of things. But the reality is there are less people working, which means there are less people to fill the jobs that we need to be filled. And so one of the things leading to that is just in general, there's a decline in population growth. The baby boomers are aging. They're starting to retire. And so there's less people actually working in the market to hire. Then there's a lot of immigration limits. There's regulations that affect, and they play a large role in our labor supply, immigration and folks coming over to the United States to work. That's a big part of our job market. And there's a lot of limits and regulations in place, which is affecting that. And then people are just choosing not to work, or maybe they don't have a choice. We've seen it where there's lingering effects of the pandemic where, you know, it's hard to find childcare or people are needing to work from home and it's hard to do so. There's also people who just are afraid because of the pandemic to go back into the labor market or back into the jobs that they had, or they're just burnt out from the job that they had. And so there's people who are just choosing to not go back to work. And that's not even to not go back to work and just like not be a working member of society. You have to remember, there's a lot of people who had two jobs, three jobs because they wanted to get ahead or maybe they just wanted to stay afloat. And there's people who are just choosing to not have two jobs. And so that's definitely affecting a lot of the roles that we see out there, especially in hospitality or where you traditionally lie on part-time employees. People are choosing not to have two jobs. And so that's making it challenging to find employees to fill those roles that we commonly saw people having two jobs for. So there's just less people in the job market in general. And one thing I want to say is you can't just look at unemployment numbers alone. You really never can because there are people who have been trying to find a job for over the amount of time in which they can collect unemployment. So they roll off those unemployment numbers. Unemployment numbers do not indicate the amount of people looking for work. It actually indicates the amount of people collecting unemployment paychecks. And so that number obviously is a good indicator of people looking for work, but it's not the only indicator because there's oftentimes people who haven't been able to find a job for over 18 months and they are still without a job or maybe gave up on looking for a job. There's things that go into play there. So you can't just look at unemployment numbers, although it is definitely an accurate or it can be a good indicator of how the labor market is doing. So the first reason why it's hard for us to find people to work is that there's just less people out there. And then the second thing I'm seeing is that there's a skills gap. And I don't even know if I would call it a skills gap because I don't know that that's actually true. There is a gap between the type of experience and I'll call it expertise that employers are seeking compared to what employees who are looking for work have. And so the jobs that are available are different than what the people looking for work have experience in. And it's definitely not anything 
new. I've seen that happen quite a bit, especially working in tech. There has been more software engineering jobs than there are software engineers looking for work. So there's always been some jobs that are hard to find people for because there are less people who have that experience looking for jobs. But I see that happening in other types of jobs as well. For example, marketing. Marketing is a very challenging job to fill right now, especially e-commerce and direct-to-consumer marketing. There are a ton of new companies coming out or and even old companies who realize that the future of marketing is digital. And so they're all trying to hire the same people who have some experience in digital marketing. And so they're all competing for the same talent. Um, same with financial analysts and, and financial roles and accounting roles. Those are in hot demand and there's fewer people in those roles than are available. Same with recruiting and HR. That is finally getting our heyday, but recruiting is definitely a role where there are fewer recruiters looking for work than there are open jobs. So I'll call it a skills gap. I don't know if I actually believe it to be a skills gap, which I'll talk about later on the episode, but definitely the people looking for work, they don't have the experience of a lot of the jobs that are available. And so that is making it difficult for sure. And one thing that I also am seeing is that, well, and I guess the way I set it up seemed like I was surprised and <laughs> not at all. I think this transition has been going on for a long time, but employees want different things out of their work than our parents, the generation before us. Things are starting to change and shift. And I think the pandemic has drastically escalated the speed in which this happens. And people are just burnt out of the old way of doing things and they want different things. So LinkedIn, they do reports every year. And one of their talent trends report from this year, 2022, or I guess it's like the talent trends for 2022, is that for people looking or professionals looking for a new job, they have three priorities. And the first is a work-life balance. And I feel like work-life balance can be defined in so many ways, but I'm going to share what I think it personally is from the people that I've spoken with. So the top priorities are work-life balance is one. Two, compensation and benefits. That's important to them and it to be competitive and for them to feel fairly compensated. And then the third is to have a great culture and great colleagues to work with. So those are the three most important and top priorities for folks looking for, for a new job. And I think when you hear that as a small business owner, you can get discouraged a bit because you hear compensation and benefits and you think, well, I'm just not going to be able to compete with a big company in terms of comp and benefits. And I get that. And the reality is, is that you are now competing with them. In fact, you're competing with international companies. Like the job market has changed, right? People are working remotely and you're no longer just competing with the company down the street or in your city. You really are competing with people across the country and across the world. And that's not meant to discourage you. It's just the reality of what it is. So compensation and benefits is going to play a role in your ability to attract talent. 
Is it the only thing? No. And it's not the most important thing to everyone. So I understand if that makes you feel discouraged, but there are a lot of creative ways you can provide different offerings to your team for sure. But here's the actual secret. Like as a small business owner, you are so much more capable of intentionally creating a great culture and setting up workflows that allow for flexibility and autonomy than large companies. So focus on that and use that to your advantage. It is so much harder for a large company to shift their culture and make changes and allow for more autonomy and schedules and flexibility than it is for you as a small business owner, most of the time. Some of you listening to this podcast may have roles in which, you know, your employees have to arrive at a certain time for a shift to take care of customers who come into your store, you know, so, so you may not have as much flexibility, but I would argue that the majority of the people listening to this podcast are able to do things a little bit different. And that kind of leads me to my second thing is, you know, when it comes to culture and a work-life balance, I think it's employees want flexibility and they want, like I said, autonomy over their schedule and where they work and when they work. And this frustrates a lot of bosses, but the reality is, is if you think about your best employees, think about, you know, your best performers you've ever had, did it really matter where they got their work done? Or did you just trust them that they were doing their work? And did they deliver for you? I bet it's the second. I bet your best employees, you just could count on. You trust them to get their work done and they did it. And it was nice that they worked next to you on a desk so you could see them every day. But I bet you would, would have the same respect and trust that they would get their work done no matter where they were working. And I bet they would too. And so I think when it comes to work-life balance, employees are not, I guess I don't want to say what they're not looking for, what you might think it is. And I'll say more what I think it is. And I think it's employees want to have flexibility to have their work fit into their life. Like gone are the days where you clock out and you don't think about work. We're all knowledge workers, the majority of us. So I don't know about you, but like when the clock hits six o'clock, I can't just like stop thinking about work. Like I'll be taking a shower and thinking about an idea for something or I'll be out for a run and all of a sudden an idea comes to me about work. Do I get paid for that? No, but I'm thinking about work. And I, I think a lot more employees are doing that, right? They're, they're thinking about work at random times of the day, whether that's good or bad, one could argue either way. But if you give them more flexibility to live their personal life as well as their career and like blend it together a little bit more, I think that's really what they're looking for. And I think work-life balance is also realistic workloads and realistic expectations and treating people like real humans. I think that's all part of work-life balance for sure. And finding ways so that employees can work asynchronistically, meaning they don't need to be online at the exact same time as everyone else to get their work done. That allows people flexibility to work when is best for them, when they're most productive. Also, let's talk about that. Like some employees are most productive at different hours of the day. 
So don't you want them working on your work when they're going to do the best job and not just because you're online at a certain time? So those are all just things to think about. I could do a whole episode on that, which I probably will and should for sure. But I think work-life balance is, is flexibility and autonomy and just trust that they're going to get the work done and, and have their work dictated by the tasks and their accomplishments versus the hours that they're clocked in and out for. So flexibility, we've already talked about that, right? Like work-life balance, what, whatever that means to, to your team and ask them. I mean, you could straight up ask them like, what does balance look like for you? And I think everyone would be different. The second thing that the LinkedIn talent report said was compensation and benefits. We talked about that. And I think to attract great talent, like you got to offer benefits at this point. Like I think healthcare and paid time off are pretty much table stakes to attract top talent these days. And there's definitely ways that you can provide that even as a team of two. You know, if you're hiring your first few employees, it's probably a little scary to take out benefit plans. It doesn't have to be. You can use some really great benefit providers that exist out there like Augusto or something like that. Or if you don't want to go that in depth, you could just offer a stipend. Offer to pay them a certain amount per month for them to carry their own insurance. And that's a way you can support with it. But I do think benefits and paid time off are definitely kind of table stakes. And I have a few clients and I hear from people like, oh, we offer such great benefits. But honestly, they're kind of just offering the bare minimum, which is health insurance, paid time off, paid holidays, giving them a computer, providing a stipend for cell phone and internet use if they're working remotely. Like those are, yes, very nice. And you should feel very proud that you're able to offer them. But I, that doesn't make you stand out from other people. And when it comes to salary, you can figure out different ways to make it work for you. Let's say you can't pay top of market salaries because of XYZ. Like, can you provide other benefits? Can you provide a bonus that helps helps people earn more money if your company hits revenue goals? And then it's a win-win, right? Your business is growing and they're making more. Like there's ways you, you can get creative around it for sure. But I'm not going to lie, like compensation levels are at heights that I have not seen ever. And I don't know what that's going to mean in the next few years. I think it could be a lot of different things. I don't know that important across the board, employers are going to be able to sustain this amount of increase, but I guess we will see as it comes. But just know that that is not the most important thing to people. It's definitely important, but it's not the only thing. And so we've already talked about the work-life balance, compensation and benefits, and then your culture. Like that is what people and employees are looking for is a great culture. And I've already mentioned this, but you as a small business you are agile. You get to implement different things and do things differently. It's so much easier for you to support the whole person at work than it is a large corporation. So make sure that you're doing and creating an intentional culture. There are a ton of books out there that help you do that, but be intentional about the culture you're creating, create a culture of feedback, support them, help them as much as you can feel supported. And like they really have a meaningful impact on your business. And so that is definitely one area in which you have an advantage. So 
I went over really the three things that I think are making it difficult for us to find talent. One is that the reality is, is there's less people in the job market. Two, there's a skills gap between the people who are looking for work and the jobs that we have available. And three, employees are demanding different things. They're looking for different things. They want to feel fulfilled in their job. They want to feel like they're making a difference and an impact. And you as a small business owner, that third one, you really get to, you get to support quite a bit. So as I think through what you as a small business owner can do to get through the other side of this, right? I think these are a little bit more long-term plays because as I read articles that come out and everything that I see, you know, in my day-to-day, I don't think that this is going to end. Like just because they stopped paying additional unemployment benefits, like that none of this stuff is going to end. Definitely employees want remote work. So the whole, you know, employers are requiring people to go back to an office. So that's making more people look for work, which I should say, if you can allow people to work remote and if you can do it well, consider it. Consider truly doubling down on your remote work offerings if you can and research how to set up a remote work culture. There's a ton of stuff out there. So if you have that opportunity, I highly recommend it. But some of the other things that I think you can focus on over the next year are, and I have six of them. One would be kind of like what I already shared, but examine your company and the workflows and how they're set up. Think outside of the box for different ways that you can allow your team more flexibility in their work and more autonomy. Maybe you don't actually need them to work Monday through Friday, standard business hours, whatever time zone you're in. Maybe you really just need them to be online for core business hours. Maybe you need them to be available from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. I don't know, I'm making something up. And then the rest of their work, they can kind of be flexible, right? You trust that they are going to get the work done and you manage to completion of tasks and projects, not hours that clock in and clock out. So just be examine your company and the workflows you have set up. Are there different systems and platforms you could implement to help automate things a little bit or to create more transparency in work processes so that people don't have to be online at the same time. So the first thing I think you can do to get to the other side is is first examine your company and workflows and figure out ways to create more flexibility and autonomy for your team. The second thing I think you should do is invest in your own development as a leader. Read books on company culture, attend workshops about it, hire a coach if you can, like do everything you can to be a good leader. Employees, they want to work for a good boss. So double down and become one. And I know you can, like there's so much stuff out there for you to try and test and it just takes practice. So really invest in your own development as a leader. I think you're investing likely into your own business development, right? You're investing into areas of your business, but are you investing in becoming a good leader? And what does that look like for you? I know you can do it. Like there are so many great things out there. and I'm happy to refer some stuff for you if you reach out to me. So that's the second thing. Invest in your own leadership development. And then the third would be, if you already have a team, like you want to retain them, right? So how can you help them upskill? How can you help them develop? 
How can you teach or support them in learning the new skills that you need in your business? Are there conferences you can send them to? Are there online courses they can take? Can they do that during their normal business hours and working hours? Could you give them a week off to go take a course that's super important and impactful for your business? You know, invest in them and help them develop and upskill, you know, upskill your team. The fourth would be get creative on paying benefits. I definitely chatted a little bit about this, but maybe your business is too small and you can't do huge comp and salary, but you know, the bonus plan could work. The development plans could work. Maybe you invest every year a certain amount into their development. Maybe you have a business in which you sell programs. Could all of your employees become an affiliate? I mean, they're already kind of doing sales for you anyways. I have one client that did that and it was amazing. Like turn your employees into affiliates, allow them to earn commission about sharing what they do. That's going to incentivize them to share about it and it's going to help them earn more money. You know, there's different ways you can get creative around how you compensate your team. So get creative on it. Think about it. The fifth is you need to find different ways to attract talent to your jobs. You cannot just post a job on Indeed and expect to get a great candidate. You just can't. And my next episode is going to go into more in depth about how to attract great candidates and where you find them. But you're going to have to get out there and start talking about your open jobs. You're going to have to start creating an employer brand. Why should people want to come work for you? You like sell your company, sell yourself, post on social media, leverage your networks, go on LinkedIn and search for people that you want to work that seem like they could be good for your company and reach out to them. You have to start doing your own external reach outs to fill your jobs. And you can't just wait for applications to roll in. It's not going to happen for a while. I'm not going to say it won't happen. Like I definitely see qualified folks coming through the, the door of applications, but not like it used to be. And then the last thing, which is the sixth thing is, can you hire somebody who's looking to transition into a new field? So what I mean by that is, do you really need somebody in a role that has the exact industry experience or exact previous job title in order to fill the job? Or could you get creative and think about the industries where people are leaving for new jobs and what skills they have? And is that the right skill for the job you need to fill? And could you teach them, you know, some of the other things? So that probably got a little confusing. So I'm going to use an example. An example that I have personally is hiring recruiters is very challenging right now. I need to hire a recruiter for my team at some point. And a experienced recruiter is more expensive than what I'll be able to pay right away. That's just the reality. So I have thought about what are the actual skills needed to be a good recruiter? And so those are... You need to understand business just in general. You need to understand how business works, how different departments work together, and you need to have good business acumen. You just do. The second skill is you need to be a conversationalist. You need to like people. You need to know how to have a conversation with people. It's just a reality of being a good recruiter. 
With that is also emotional intelligence. You need to be highly emotional intelligent. And then you also need to be able to, I mean, it goes back to business. I mean, business, understanding business. So those are going to be the three most important things as business acumen, being a good conversational conversationalist and emotional intelligence, I think are the things that are most important to being a good recruiter. And okay. The, the last thing is like, under, you have to be able to work under pressure. Like this is a stressful job. And so you have to be able to work under pressure. So when I think about those four skills, what different industries creates people with those skills, right? And so I think I might be biased because I was a store manager for a retail store for a long time. I worked for Lululemon, but I think retail managers are really good recruiters. They have all of those skills. I think anyone who's worked in hospitality in a manager role or a leadership role has those skills. 100%. And so those are the places that I would definitely look to hire people who maybe they have not been a recruiter. They may, they've probably been involved in hiring before, but they haven't been a straight up recruiter. I'm fine with that. Like I can teach them how to use LinkedIn. I can teach them how to go through an interview, like a standard interview process. I can teach them how to use an applicant tracking system. Like I can teach them all of those things, but it's very hard to teach someone emotional intelligence, how to be a conversationalist, how to work well under pressure and how to understand business, right? But I can teach them the other things. And so that's my last tip for you is when you're looking at the jobs that you need to fill, what can you teach a little bit and what are the core skills needed to do well in that job and and where out there in the job market are people trying to transition, right? A lot of people want to transition into remote jobs. So where is there a bunch of people who haven't been able to work remotely for a while who want to do that? Again, I'm going back to my recruiter analogy. So those are my tips. And those are things that I think you can do to help really set up your company in a way that will be in a place where people want to work in the future, because you're not just trying to fill the one job today. You're trying to be an employer of choice for the future and a place where people want to work in the future. And so think about the long game before you think about the short game. And how do you set up your company to be a place where people want to come work? Because we are in a labor market that I have never seen before. I don't think it's going away anytime soon, but there are ways to get through it. So those are my opinions. I'm so grateful that you joined in and listened. Hopefully you've gotten a few nuggets and thank you so much for listening to the podcast yet again, excited for the next episode where I teach you really how to find people for the jobs. It's going to be more of the tactical stuff. So make sure you tune in next week and make sure to follow us on Apple podcast. It's hiring school on Apple podcast, rate us and review us, please. We need to get some more of those. So more of you can hear about us. So please, if you love loved this episode, please give us a rate and a review. You can also follow me on Instagram. My business Instagram is people principles. I'm also on TikTok under the same name. And you can visit our website at hiringschool.com to hear all about the podcast. So thanks again. And we will chat next week. Bye.